Uh, welcome back to the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. We're a drinking podcast. Where's the comic book problem? Shake the shit out of it. What the fuck does that mean? You said speaking Space of Rick Moranis. Paul? What about the... Uh, I don't... We were talking about Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis was in it, and then you have eating pizza, and Pizza the Hut was a character in Spaceballs. It was the Pizza the Hut jump that I wasn't making in my head. That was the... I was surprised you didn't make that jump in your head, Brian. You seem to make those weird connections. I do normally. I I, I think it was the Spaceballs that I was missing. right in your wheelhouse. It really was, and I missed it entirely. Not only that, but you sent me gifts of Spaceballs today, Brian. Yeah, I did. A few Shame. Shame. <laughs> yes, they are. Well, sinners, I am back in California. Uh, this is another episode of the Funny Books and Firewater podcast. Um, and I am in my weird little half put together desk office thing. So for those who can see me on camera, which is three of you, uh, it looks like a minor disaster. But uh, this week we are doing the Harlem Hellfighters, written by Max Brooks and illustrated by Kanan White. Uh, based on a true story, it very clearly says at the beginning, fictionalized versions of a real events, uh, probably implying that there was some liberty taken, I am sure. Um, yeah. But uh, we will get on with it, because we've already been like sort of talking beforehand, and it always comes up to the point of, we'll save it for the podcast. We'll save it for the podcast. So so we can stop saving for the podcast. We'll start talking. We will introduce first, Milady Lena. Hey, Lena. Hey, I'm Lena. Uh, I'm an event sales person out of Denver, Colorado, and the, you guys may see a glimpse of Sasquatch this <gasps> evening as well. So. Working in the background yeah. like he's good at. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I told him, I was like, hey, we're recording tonight, and he was like, oh, okay, have fun. And then he sends another text, and he's like, I'll, I'll make sure to bother you. Mm-hmm. And then I started laughing, and he goes, oh, I just reread that. And he goes, I meant to put not. And he goes, but now that I'm thinking about it. I probably will bother you. It's way more Good. fun. So. Okay. We look forward to seeing Sasquatch then. Uh, so, let's see. Speaking of Sasquatch, someone who has been hidden from their family, locked away in a cave, we have Mr. Tom. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Let's yeah. head back again. What's Lena imbibing tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, I am drinking, oh, God, Scrappy Apple Dry Hard Cider. It's from Talbot Cider. Um, I think it's called, it's a Colorado... Yeah, it's. I have no idea. There we go. So bad, but yeah, okay. it's uh, it's a it's a hard cider blue. Okay, then Todd, what are you imbibing tonight? Well, I'm Todd. I'm here in Salt Lake um, tonight. I'm imbibing um, a uh, Port Charlotte whiskey. It's a line from the Brooklotti Distillery. It's a heavily peated Isla Barley. Okay. So when they say it's smoky, and when they go, it's really smoky. Yeah. yeah. Heavily peated would imply nothing but smoke. Like that's like sucking down a campfire at that point in time. Well, I've got stuff that's a bit more um, bark than this one does. Okay. So yeah. Cool. Uh, speaking of bark, we have Mr. Adam. Hey, Mr. Adam. <laughs> hey, how's that? <laughs> I was actually kind of sad because I thought when you were going to introduce Milady, you were going to introduce me. But oh, I'm sorry, Milady. I am sad now. <laughs> uh, hey guys, what's up? It's Adam in uh, Salt Lake City. Uh, I'm actually getting to see, uh, and this, when this comes out, it'll be months ago, uh, a s- screener for uh, Wonder Woman. Ooh. Yeah, I'm actually that. letting us see it three days early. Uh, so that's actually. You're not just going to get a link on HBO Max? No, so it's they're doing some kind of weird watch party thing. I don't know. I got the email today about it, but uh, 
just hook my laptop up to my TV, I guess, and mm-hmm. watch it that way. But I actually get a review a movie finally. Oh my god! Hey. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, up here in Salt Lake City, uh, and what's really funny is I, I've come to determine that uh, my official role at work should be called the Hand of the King. Because anytime okay. I go anywhere, the first question is, it, is your boss showing up? <laughs> I'm like, like, seriously. It's like, well, if I text him and tell him you suck, he might show up. But honestly, mm-hmm. I don't have a schedule, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of been the running gag is that you just call me. I, I want to get the little pin that they wear from Game of Thrones. I just kind of put that on, mm-hmm. my, on my uniform. But uh, yeah, up here surviving. Uh, overall, things are going pretty good. You know, I got my, got my life, got my uh, stuff going on. Uh, getting screeners for all the Netflix movies for some reason. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that. For Netflix? That sounds strange. Yeah, so all the movies that I normally would get DVDs for, I'm getting screener links for to watch on my laptop, and then all the stuff on Netflix I'm getting on DVD, so not too sure how that works, but... Uh, and hey, I'm Brian. Um, I do sound shit in Southern California, and that's what happens. So, uh, jumping into this book, yeah, this is about an all-black uh, regiment in uh, World War I, um, and like I said, loosely based on history. So it starts out in 1919. My great-grandmother was 18 years old. I base everything off of how old my great-grandmother was when it comes to history. I don't know why I do that, but I do because I know she was born in 1901, so it's easy to do the math. But Adam, what is your cocktail for this week? Uh, so my cocktail is called No Man's Land. Uh, you take an ice-filled shaker, you add two ounces of bourbon, three-quarter ounce of grenadine, half ounce of fresh lemon juice, and three dashes of orange bitters. You shake the shit out of it, and then you strain into a rocks glass filled with ice, and you garnish with a lemon twist. That sounds really good, actually. It yeah. kind of sounds like an old-fashioned a little bit. Going on. A little bit, yeah. yeah. For sure. Uh, okay, so, Lena, so here's my thing. You mentioned that you don't think that you're very interested in war comics or stories in general. I have a theory that for some reason, I think American culture has romanticized World War II so much that no one gives a fuck about World War I. No, I don't give a shit about World War II either. Okay. I find certain parts of war, in reality, the things that I find interesting about World War II have nothing to do with the actual war. Mm-hmm. It's all the lead up to it, right? So, like, I've done a lot of reading and watching documentaries and research on Hitler's rise mm-hmm. and how he, the psychology around him going from being this shithead loser in mm-hmm. Austria to becoming the president of the United States yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right. Yeah. So that's what I find interesting. The, mm-hmm. the, the whole piece of how he came to power, how people were just so apathetic and they just didn't care. And that's how he was able to do so much and really a short amount of time. If you really kind of think about it, but the actual war, no, I don't. I don't care. Like the, all the all the battles and the, if 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 this had been set in World War Two, I still would have been like fucking bored. Like if people that love uh, what is it, Saving Private Ryan mm-hmm. and all those war a band of brothers that that Tom Hanks did um, on TV and everything boring as fuck to me. Like I mm-hmm. just don't. I don't understand the whole romanticism about war to begin with. I yeah. don't get it. So that's why th- I was just like. Okay, I mean the the characters might be interesting. It may be an interesting story to tell. However, I just don't. Whether it's black or white, I just don't get into the whole war thing. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I was thinking actually, Lenny, you you may enjoy the porn parody, which is uh, shaving Ryan's privates. <laughs> so th- that could be more up your alley. 
They, I, I mean, and, and what, what you know, red-blooded straight woman doesn't like gay porn? I mean... That's actually fairly accurate. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there right now. So, Any woman who sits there and says they have not gotten off or watched gay porn, they're lying. Or they're approved. <laughs> what's really, really funny is the uh, the largest audience for Queers Folk when it was on uh, Showtime was straight woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I loved it. It was great. I no, mean, it got a little goofy after the first couple seasons. But I told, I, with the first two seasons, I watched religiously. Yeah, and so, yeah. I, I can't promise that I never got off that either. But, you know, that's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> See the the drinking of the the you know that's none of my business Lipton tea thing doesn't work because it's a visual gag. This is a, I know I do it just medium, for you. So. <laughs> I know I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Okay, well, getting back to the reason why we actually read this book because it is about an all black battalion. Oh, when I I sort of jumped the gun, I was going to go through drinking games, um, but this sure. leads me into what my drinking game would be would be fucking white people, and that is every time white people do something fucking horrible and stupid. Take a drink, which yes. you'll be fucking plastered because small it's, sips, small sips. So mine's similar to that. Okay. Is as much as Brian was talking about here, it's like based on real events, but there's fictionalized things. My drinking game is the shitty parts are true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's probably very true. Like I'm, every time you see something, it's like, wow, that's some truly shitty behavior there. Probably true. Yeah, but here's the thing: I also realized. From when they, when the U.S. joined the war and this kind of whole thing was set in 1917, 1918, mm-hmm. the Civil War ended 50 years prior. Oh, so shit. Yeah. we're not yeah. talking about a lot of time between when the Civil War ended to when, when we joined World War One. So that shittiness, especially in the South, go figure wasn't surprising to me because when i saw that happen i was like when the hell was the civil war again <laughs> I was like oh yeah 19, 1864 years. well and actually it's funny because yeah, we yeah. we we brought up the fact that it's the same way with the civil rights movement to today you know we're yeah. just around that 50 60 year mark so yeah that's interesting my drinking game elena to bring focus to the podcast nothing <laughs> that has to do with with race or yeah. Like people being shitty because <laughs> duh. Yeah. Um, it is, uh, it's called, are you my mummy? Uh, anytime you see mention of gas or gas masks or someone wearing a gas mask, take, take a drink. Um, okay. Which useless fact is why Hitler cut his mustache the way he did because he had a longer mustache in world war one yep. and his gas mask didn't almost cover the seal and he almost died from it. Yep. That's a useless fact. Yep, for you. yep. Yep. See, good Landed job, them, right? Brian. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and Mr. Adam, do you have a drinking game? Oh, yeah. So mine's called, Well, That Must Have Hurt. Uh, anytime someone dies a very over the top, brutal death, and not like, oh, they just got shot. It's like, oh, they got a bayonet through the mouth, or oh, yeah. they got exploded by a grenade. So, oh, yeah. Like they have the explosion, and you see parts of the body yeah. in yeah. the explosion. Yeah. yeah. So the fact that it's black and white is helps. <laughs> How truly horrific is this art? But since it's not in color, it takes you a minute to go, oh, that's really gross. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, it's why the, the scene in Kill Bill, when she's killing all the crazy 88s, that's why it was in black and white, because it mm-hmm. was in color, and they gave them an NC-17 rating for that until yeah. they turned it into actual just black and white. So, Well, and that's also part of the reason why in um, 
uh, what is it? Uh, Evil Dead 2. They did all the blood mm-hmm. multiple different colors so that it wouldn't seem as blood so they get past some of that because otherwise it was like way too gory. Because I mean, like literally they had like fire hoses spraying, you know, fake blood and shit like that. So. Right. And if you go to Evil Dead the musical and sit in the splatter zone, you get hit with all that blood. I did. Me I sat too. In doing previews on Broadway. It was great. Well, off Broadway technically, but anyway. Enough. We're not going to mention musical theater anymore because it's going to make Lena sad. It is making me sad. I know. I'm there sorry. is no musical theater anymore. Uh, anyway, back to this fucking book. Harlem Hellfighters. Adam, you're the first person to text me, holy fuck, this book, or something to that effect. Yes. So what are your thoughts, sir? <laughs> so, so what was really cool, I don't, I, mean, I don't know if you took the time at the end to read it, but they, uh, there's a little excerpt by Max Brooks about why he did this. Mm-hmm. And he kind of brought up a lot of the things that made this book appealing to me was that, one, no one really talks about World War I. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is kind clear. of the point I made earlier is that we romanticize World War II far more than World War I at this point in time. Exactly. You know, we, and, and, and both are, are horrible things. We're not going to mm-hmm. debate that you know, they, were, they were both evil things. Um, but yeah, World, World War I kind of gets overlooked. And there are stories out there about you know, black regiments and everything else in World War II and the difference they made and this and that. But we overlook World War I just because it's not something we think about. Uh, and so that's why I kind of like, oh, this would be kind of good. Max Brooks, I kind of like some of his stuff. And, you know, he, he goes in detail about how he was trying to write this script and trying to do these things. And ever since he was, I think, in college almost, I, I think I want to say, and everyone passed on it, everyone passed on it. Uh, so that's kind of why I was interested, because this really is an unknown story. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't know that these people existed, because, again, we don't pay attention to that part of our history. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I loved about it was, so as we mentioned before, it is somewhat of a fictional retelling because the characters in the book are based off real people or an amalgam of different mm-hmm. people, but the characters themselves for the most part are uh, their own the, from his imagination. But the events took place like the, you know, no man's land. We all know from wonder woman, mm-hmm. but the, the American soldier who got the medal uh, from the French really was the first American soldier mm-hmm. or non-French soldier, black or white to get this medal. Mm-hmm. And you know, the stories are just are riveting because, you know, we got these guys who go in the army to fight World War One, and because they're a black regiment, they get pretty much shit on. Nothing good happens. Uh, they're, they're persecuted, even though the fact they're going to help, you know, fight a war for their country. And then when they even get to the front lines, they're just treated like shit again. And they only get to go fight because the French are like, well, no, we need people. And the French treat them like decent human beings. And these people really went out there and, like, they saved the day. I mean, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for this regiment of, of soldiers, I mean, who knows how the war would have gone and who mm-hmm. knows where things would have, you know, would have extended to. And they made a huge difference and no one knows about it. And we've, I brought it up multiple times, but it's like the Tulsa massacre. Mm-hmm. No one knows about it until like you look into it and be like, oh shit, this actually happened. And that's what I felt with this book was I actually, I do enjoy war stories that are told. Well, I never saw band of brothers. I, I did see shaving Ryan's privates because everyone went and saw it that year. Uh, and my grandfather actually did fight in World War II. I think that could be part of it was because our grandparents or people we were familiar with may have been involved in that war. You know, we, we have stories. And, like, my grandfather wrote down his memoirs. He fought for the British in World War II and recorded them all. And, like, his, his story is like a movie. Like you could literally make a 10-part miniseries out of his life of just what he went through and how he survived and how he escaped a concentration camp and all this stuff. So I think that's probably why we have more of a romanticized attachment to World War II because people we might have known were in it. Whereas mm-hmm. with this one, it, it is more, it's, it's like their grandparents or their parents or this and that. So 
but I got to the end of it, and yeah, like, like I think Todd drinking game was like, well, fucking white people. It's like even though they're doing mine. all these, oh, it was yours, yeah, all these great things that were like saving lives and like ending parts of the war that no one thought could be ended. When the white Americans get there, they still treat them like shit. And now they're like, one goes to jail and one goes here, and this is all just bullshit. Uh, it just again, it, it's it goes back to the lens of hey, so these were amazing people who did amazing things and who were scarred for life. Mm-hmm. From, and they, there's a good point in the book talking about that but because they of the color of their skin they were still looked down on because and they even bring up a good point is that they were afraid that if they go back to the u.s and say hey we're powerful people look what we can do well why wouldn't everyone else of the same race think the same thing and mm-hmm. why wouldn't they rise up and be like no we deserve these rights and freedoms everyone else has so i i absolutely loved it i think it was amazing and again that comes from someone who enjoys war stories but I just I like being educated and learning things, and this really taught me a lot about something I knew nothing about. So, yeah, I have two thoughts on on what you said. Um, one, I think that you're right about the grandparents being part of why we know more about World War II. But the other thing I was thinking about that ties back to this book is World War One had like it feels like it was the first big war with a lot of the emerging um, modern uh, weaponry and yeah. gas masks and whatever. So it was like it was exceedingly fucked up, like almost worse, and so. After this, there were certain, um, uh, you know, decrees made for, you know, wars and war crimes and shit like that. So I feel like I wonder if part of why we also talk about World War II is it was almost a more civilized, for lack of a better term, war. I mean, until we nuked the country, but that's... Well, yeah, but like up until that point in time, you can almost make it seem more civilized Mm -hmm. a little bit. Uh, The other thing that I wanted to talk about that I think ties into this book as well is there is that moment where... I think they address sort of um, white savior a little bit in an int- like in a, a good way where it's like they're not allowed to they're in the small town they're not allowed to defend themselves and all the white the white guys show up and be mm-hmm. like we'll take care of it for you and they're like fuck you like we should be able to defend ourselves but we can't and so like like I, it was just an interesting point that I liked that it was made in this um, before like I feel like I mean this book came out before I think um, you know white savior became as widely known of a concept as I think it is now. Um, you can get that in 2014. Yeah, I mean, so this this has been around for a bit, and like, I think I've become more aware of that concept mainly just because of Black Lives Matter. But that probably may have to lead more into my ignorance than anything else. And actually, I do have thoughts about the the white savior thing, mm-hmm. but I do want to bring that up after we talk to everyone else about what they thought, like okay. impressions. So cool, uh, Lena. What are your thoughts? Um, so I looked up. Because we talked about them like going back and they, they got a parade and then everyone was like, yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Um, I read that somebody had, that a lot of that, a lot of the people, um, from the, was it 369th? I think was mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the regiment. Um, they actually stayed behind in France instead of going back to the States. I mean, because, I would, do this. can you blame them? <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was the whole thing. They were, they were, um, you know, they were, I mean, I don't know if adored, but they were, they were seen as heroes in France. They were, they weren't seen as just these like second class citizens. Mm -hmm. And, um, so a lot of them decided to stay in France rather than going back to America where they would just have to like, well, now you're, you're okay. Woo. Good for you. You're still black. Yeah. You're going to live a life, like have, have a nice day. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was interesting. Um, in terms of everything else with it, it just, it felt very, um, it was impressive in the fact that it was stuff that you, you just don't hear about. Um, you know, you, you hear about battles, you hear about certain things, but you don't hear about specific regimens and, and, um, 
given that, you know, our history is, is taught and written by old white men. So it's not surprising that this stuff isn't, isn't really told Mm -hmm. past you having to really look into it. But, um, nothing on this was really that surprising. I, um, I know that like, I, I guess what I'm looking for. And I was, when, as it was, as I was reading this, this is something that I think that it would be a good idea for us to look into more, um, is I'd love to see a book or piece of art or something that talks about black heroes that the, the main crux of it has nothing to do with them being black. Mm, Does that okay. make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, so I, and this is totally something that I, I, why I follow this um, content creator on TikTok, your figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, you know, I would just like to see a movie that isn't about the black struggle about being black. Mm-hmm. And, um, and he, cause he's like, if, if you're, if the whole premise of your story is that being black is hard, I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just, I don't, care anymore he's like because well, they know it you know it's exactly because like- one of the things he had said in this video was he was like if you're he goes you know everybody's talking about how being black is hard and he's like yeah bitch i know and <laughs> like and he goes on he's like i would he goes i'd love to see you know a, a black wizard or or you know but it, the one thing that they really have that that's really representative is black panther mm-hmm. because their race isn't really brought up too much now given i don't know the whole backstory of black panther so please don't quote me on any of this but as far as the film goes but as far as the film goes it really wasn't uh, a conversation it wasn't Mm -hmm. the 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 main premise wasn't well we're black so we have to do this it was Mm -hmm. we're better than you so we're gonna (laughs) you know but it was and it was that that better than you was flipped right Mm -hmm. but I think the the issue I'm having with a lot of these books, and not that it's not a conversation that doesn't need to be had, but I would love to give give um, light to creators who are talking about heroes or anything of uh, that are that have black characters where their backstory or their story isn't about how shitty white people are to that. Not to say that white people aren't shitty to black people, mm-hmm. but that there's more to them. And I, I would, I, that's the one thing that even with this, it's like, God, like if this is all you ever see depicted, if, if, if I was black and all I ever saw depicted in any piece of art, comic book, mu- movie, TV show, music is about police brutality and, and old white people in not even just old, just white people being mm-hmm. shitty and how you have to overcome something just because of your color. It's it's no wonder that there's no, you, you never get past that. And I would mm-hmm. love to see if there's something for us to talk about that is more than just racism. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had to overcome something to which they didn't overcome because yeah. our society is such a piece of shit. Well, because all lives matter. So, well, yeah. <laughs> oh, which I, I just can't handle that anymore because it's the same people that say that that are like well, you can't kill a baby and mm-hmm. you're very anti-abortion but as soon as that kid's born fuck you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's i so it's we're very hypocritical but i would love for us to look at something like that the story's really interesting and there and i think the reason i liked the book that i read last week 
was because it wasn't this like, yes, there was struggle, but it was all, it was so much more than that. It was Mm -hmm. how they, um, it wasn't just that they overcame it's, they played the system or Mm -hmm. they did that their lives were, you know, the, the magician who, you know, everybody thought he, he was exotic and he was actually just Mm -hmm. half, you know, he was mixed race that, you know, it was, there was something more to that. I, I would just love to see that rather than, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone hates us and we have to overcome that because everyone hates us. I just, Mm -hmm. I, I'd like to, look at something else besides that that's like let's give real uh i can't think of the word like hero or heroine or something Mm -hmm. for people to look up to where it's not they have more of a backstory than just being black is hard okay that is an interesting challenge i know it's a really interesting challenge well and i just i wonder too if it's i mean again it's 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 looking at what the story is as Mm -hmm. well i just I would love for for us to, if we're going to talk about stuff like this, I'd love for it to be more than just white people are stupid. Not to sit yeah. here and say that we're that a lot of white people aren't stupid and assholes and jackasses and mm-hmm. everything like that. Yeah, evil in many ways. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, you know, and and again, this was this was brought on from from listening to this this you know black college student mm-hmm. who was like i just i would love to be able to see someone like me that the that the main crux of your story isn't that being black is hard mm-hmm. it's like i just want to see something else show me something else give me harry potter but with black people yeah it doesn't have to be harry Potter, but you know what i mean yeah. like but the like the fact that you know to do that turns into it's like and and it's either the, like you don't have original stories that are like that either you have retellings of white stories where they recast people in black Mm -hmm. roles Mm -hmm. um which is fine i mean my favorite version of cinderella is the one with brandy and whitney houston (laughs) but uh, which is by far the best cinderella and anyone can fight me on it but um and the prince who is asian i believe is unbelievably cute but I'd like to see original content that has to do that is is showing black characters being and that isn't Will Smith. And I hate to say it that way, mm-hmm. but like, give me somebody like there's there's so many actors out there that they could do something really interesting with. I'm so sick of Will Smith. He's he can't, and I think it's just because white people like him, and so they're like, oh well, white people go see him, so we'll put him in a movie. Like I mean, I just Spatter Denzel Washington. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he fucks shit up, so. (laughs) Denzel is doing, uh, he's producing, I just watched it on CBS Sunday morning this week, which I'm very excited about. Um, He is in the process of producing every August Wilson play um, Mm -hmm. into a movie. And they're they're putting every um, every single one on Netflix. Yeah. So obviously he did Friends Fences last year. Mm -hmm. um, And then Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is coming out, I think, this month at some point which means i'll probably get a dvd screener of it so okay yeah (laughs) Yeah. but um yeah what's interesting to Lena's point about the recasting um like dc comics come january february have an event called future state and it's like the possible future of the dc comics it's uh bruce wayne as batman's been retired and uh lucius fox's other son tim fox actually takes up the mantle of batman Okay. But the writer for it's Oscar award winning John Ridley, who's a oh, black screenwriter. 
mm-hmm. but John Ridley is writing the future state Batman and Batman's a black character for the next two months before it goes back to the current run and we get our nice safe white Bruce Wayne again. Yeah, see, I would, I don't know, man. Like if that, if it's, if it's cool and it's, you got such a great writer associated with it, like let it run, man. But well, it was there. There's other reasons behind, but I would be curious. What I haven't read is there is some with DC stuff. I'm kind of a DC guy. Is um, there's a Green Lantern is like you're a Green Lantern if you have mm-hmm. the ring. John Stewart, yeah, is a you yeah, know a Green Lantern. He was the Green Lantern a bit ago. Like I remember when his it run was, was a little while ago before yeah. you know came back to other people again. But John Stewart is a Green Lantern is a decent thing. Of here's this cool guy that his skin tone is up part of his character makeup uh, just by if you look at john stewart's stories like oh that's a black story Mm -hmm. that's a little bit less so with that you want people to be able to see themselves and i think the great thing about black panther was the um you know i am awesome and you're like yes we are awesome and you see people doing like the wakanda forever thing good for that Mm -hmm. um back to the uh, harlem hellfighters you know for me really what really stuck with me was near the end of it and i say the shitty parts are true Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, I'm going to read a quick excerpt of it. Is like um, these guys came from a young, scrappy country that was still trying to figure itself out, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The first country in the world, brave enough to be built on nothing but ideals, even if it wasn't quite ready to live up to them. And what's so interesting with the U.S. and you'd see this turbulent history we still have today is we have this general concept of, hey, we're all created equal, and there's a subset of people going, some are more equal than others. And we're trying to recognize our past and still move forward, and we're really struggling with the ability to do so. So a lot of people take personally, it's like, well, we were, we were wrong then. And he's like, are you saying my family was wrong or my ancestors were wrong? Like, we kind of are. I mean, we're all flawed. Humans. Coming to grips and recognizing of your own shortcomings is hard. And you have these people that were shit upon and viewed as second class, and yet they still chose to step up. Mm-hmm. And how hard is it to be doing the right thing when everyone tells you this is the right thing, you're going to be a hero for doing the right thing and doing the right thing, and you have other people going, yeah, we'll give you the nice parade, now go back in your corner. Yeah, because, I mean, I think most people's reaction would be like, yeah, go fuck yourself. You know, like, you can go fuck yourself. Yeah. And it's, it's a little depressing in the some way of watching, yes, this really is their experience, and it's still the experience of so many. Mm-hmm. They gave everything. They gave their all. They did it longer than anybody else. And we don't know about them. Yeah. Mm. Is it not celebrated because we have to recognize a different part of our shame? Should absolutely be one of the great celebrated stories. Okay, so, but the the thing, that I, I think the piece of all of this that I was, I'm hoping for is that, like, you're right. The first thing that pops up when you look for anything that's black stories or or is all those historical pieces and not that those historical pieces aren't important i just i would love for us to be able to find something that's more than that where because mm-hmm. and i and speaking to what you were saying todd where the um the la- the book that i was actually thinking about was on a sunbeam mm-hmm. where there were no men right and we had it did it, it, it didn't hit any of us until like halfway through yeah that there men 
and, and, and it just, no one, it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't talked about. It wasn't anything that had to do with the story. It was just the story. Right. Mm-hmm. And you got to, and, and there were black characters and there were white characters and there were, um, non-binary and, and, but you never got into this, like, well, there are no men. Why are there no men? And the, and a whole backstory as to why there were no men and how we got through everything. There just weren't any men. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like you could do hopefully the same thing where it's, here's a story. They're all black, but the premise of them being black, isn't the main story, like the main plot point of the story and all the struggles right. they get through because of their skin color. It's like, have them go through trials and tribulations that have nothing to do with police brutality or the effects of slavery. I just, I would love to see something like that. And not to sit here and say that people that who are black would love that too. I just, we talk about representation. And if all you ever see are people that look like you that are constantly struggling because of how they look, you start to think that that's all you ever have. You either have to, in the in the premise of uh, you're black, but you have to act white, mm-hmm. or you're black and you act black and you have to deal with all you know. You know what I mean? Like it's this weird. I just I would love to see something different from that. And and honest sunbeam was really what what I thought about when when we were when I was thinking of it was here's this woman that wrote this book that had no men. Mm-hmm. It just, no one ever questioned it. I, I know. I kind of feel the same way you do, Lena, with, with stories about LGBT people is that, you know, for a long time there, when it was less widely accepted, and it's still not widely accepted, but it's definitely better than it was, you know, for, for my community than it is for the black community or any other people of color, was it was all about the coming out or like the dealing with shame or dealing with, uh, you know, hatred or bigotry. And then nowadays it's kind of gotten more where you can have a gay character who... Like, you know, perfect example of Star Trek with Sulu in the new series is uh, the new movie reboot is gay. And it's just, you know, like, oh, hey, here's my husband and our kid. Yay. And it's all that was ever said. So, you know, mm-hmm. the character's gay. And, but it wasn't like he had to be the over the top or the, the sissy or, oh, my life sucks because I'm gay. And I, for me as a person who is queer, like, I, I do like that a lot because I've seen so many tropes and I've seen so many. I mean, I was talking with Clark the other day about how there was the whole trope for a long time of kill your gays. Like, you can only have mm. gay people in movies if they got AIDS, or if they were repressed, or if they were the sissy, or if they were promiscuous. We've kind of gotten away from that, even though a lot of gays I know are sissy and promiscuous. But uh, And there's nothing wrong with that. Trust me. I was, you know, I got the name Come Dumpster for a reason. So from my viewpoint, I, I do like seeing that. But again, I, I, I will never understand what it's like to be a person of color and how they would react to stories like this. So there's so much going on right now and there's so many different facets that get involved that, you know, I, I, I don't want to jump to a conclusion. So, but I, I do like what you said. I, I do from my own point of view, see it as, yes, I do want to see that. I just don't know if that's what needs to be seen right now in this culture and what's going on. If that's something that would be worthwhile to people who would be experiencing that form of media. Well, and I, I, I would argue that um, there's a variety of people and a variety of needs in media from all those different groups of people. I think some people are inspired by stories of struggle and some people are inspired by, you know, tales of success, you know, and I think, and everything in between. So I think um, the important thing I think is to find, you know, a variety of things I think is, I mean, for any 
representation of anything, you know, uh, to, to put representation into a, a uh, into a small, you know, package, I think is probably where we're, we're seeing a lot of that problem. On and no one time. likes a small package. So we'll just, as we discussed earlier, I don't know if we were recording that part of it or not. Um, <laughs> so I just, I do want to point out. So the, the, my kind of premise for this was, um, a creator from TikTok, and he is at chin for short. Okay. Um, his, his, you, that's his, his handle tag username, whatever. Um, but he and a friend of his there, they live in Indiana. They are part of, um, they go to university. I forget what, I don't know if he's ever mentioned what university. Um, well, he's if he's 20, being careful, he won't. So <laughs> yeah, he's 20 years old. He, he goes to college in Indiana. He's lived there all his life. He, he talks a lot about, um, the hip- hypocrisy around, you know, the whole all lives matter, blue lives matter, all that bullshit. And, um, and he had posted this video, uh, a couple months ago, um, about, he was like, if your whole, if the whole premise of your movie is being black is hard, keep it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want it. And his friend also was like, yeah, he go, and he was like, and he's like, even the coming of age and his friend goes, the coming of age is great. I would just love to see something that doesn't because isn't a coming of age because of police brutality mm-hmm. and it's, they live it every day. It's yeah. just like, it's the same premise of the, the, and, and Adam, you talked about gay characters. Well, for me, it's strong women, right? Look at it, the biggest one really is taming of the shrew. Here's mm-hmm. a strong woman who didn't want to, who basically said, fuck everyone. I know what I'm doing. Everyone's, uh, you know, you know, 10 things I hate about you is like one of my favorite movies, which is based on Tim. <laughs> and it's a wonderful movie. I love it too. So <laughs> it's wonderful, but it is very much, but the whole premise is to break a strong woman to make her subservient and, ha- and, and easy to deal with. And, and a lot of characters, not so much lately, but very much prior to this was if you were a strong woman and you had in, like the proposal for, with um, Sandra Bullock and, and Ryan Reynolds, She's a strong woman who was a bitch, but she got shit done and she was really good at her job. If she was a man, no one would have batted an eye. Mm-hmm. But because she was a woman, it and that's the premise of you don't see strong women who are like they're awesome for being strong. You yeah. see strong women being told well, you have to let go and you have to relax and you have to do or this. you're missing something from your life because you don't have a family exactly. or children or relationship you need to have kids and it's just like no that's not what i need i want you know i want to see i want to see a woman who is killing it because she's like i you know and that's the guess that's the other premise of like there i think there's so many we we fall into the into the black hole of what what old white Men, like cis men want to what they think people will pay for and so they they green light these movies that worry me that that don't show that that you fall into those tropes a little bit easier than than i think they should and so i would like to highlight the ones that don't fall into that if you can and tim i'm kind of interested because we, we talked about it before and actually it ties into this book with no man's land was you know patty jenkins doing wonder woman mm-hmm. and you know, I, I I did really enjoy the fact that yeah, she's a badass, and she goes up there and and I, I've used this exact discussion in a previous episode where yeah, she's a badass, and yeah, she can kick people's asses, and she can do things no man can do. But because she was at a place that had just 
female warriors when she's goes to London for the first time, she's like, Oh, it's a baby. And she's so excited to see this little baby. Like the fact that you're a strong woman doesn't negate the fact that you can have other traits. Like you don't need to be like, Oh, I'm just a bitch. You know, it's like, no, you can be, you know, it's, you're a well-rounded character. And I, and again, I can't speak for you Lena, Cause I, you know, I just love the movie. And I'm super Lena's excited. Not a well-rounded character. One. I know. I, so I, I'll be honest. I thought wonder woman was boring. Um, but I loved Captain Marvel and I think the reason I loved Captain Marvel, what? I love Captain Marvel too, Todd. I love Captain Marvel too. But here's the reason though, Todd, and for you, it wouldn't, the reason I loved it would not be a reason you would love it. The reason I loved it was she was a badass and it had nothing to do with the fact that she was a woman. She was a woman and she kicked ass and especially at Mm -hmm. the end of end game still the funniest scene I think ever is when she grabs the glove and Peter goes to her, well, how are you going to get it there? And all the women come around and they're like, We're, she's got help. First off, she just blasted through a freaking spaceship. What are you mm-hmm. talking about? Yeah. She doesn't need help. She could do this on her own. They, they obviously did. They manufactured a, wom- a moment for all the women to join together. Which I love, don't get me wrong. But the thing I loved about Captain Marvel was the fact that you had this strong woman where it was n- that nothing was ever mentioned about, oh, a woman, really? I mean, there may have been mentioned, but there was not anything where she felt she had to overcome her being a woman or that she had, that she couldn't have relationships or she couldn't feel anything. That, it, you know, even at the end, she gets, she leaves her jacket with a little girl where it, you know, it feels, it, I just, I identified with that. I loved the fact that she was like this badass that was like, all right, I'm going out. We're going to kick ass. We're going to take names. It's going to be great. And it has nothing to do with her being female. And I can see that. My issue with Captain Marvel is there's no character arc. Um, but that's for another time. Yes, but but um, but from the premise that I'm coming from with is, which is seeing something that you mm-hmm. identify with, and it's not about your gender, your race. It's just sure. someone who is that race, who is that gender, who is that you know, who identifies in a specific way that you identify with. Who is this? Like, oh, okay, that's inspiring. That's what I love because it has nothing to do with her being a woman. Here's a black character, which it. It, Black Panther. Here's a black character where his main premise isn't he has to overcome him being black to be this this king. He mm-hmm. just he is. He is. Yeah. You know. And so that's why. That so yeah. No, but I mean, as I've been pondering that, I'm trying to think of other examples we could potentially point to. I think Ms. Marvel. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking Ms. Marvel the whole time too. Yeah. Well, here's the problem. I'm going to point out with Ms. Marvel though is that there's a big focus on her being Muslim in the beginning of it. Like that's a big focus of of her being different because she's Muslim. Um, so I, I think that, that that's sort of part of the same tale though. Is it's the it's it's different for her because she's that. I think. Yeah. Sorry. Anyway, it's continue. American and the challenge of being a Muslim American. Sure. Yeah. The other one I was thinking of though. What's interesting is so Brian Michael Bendis. Feel how you want about him. He's done some great things. Is so he's adopted a number of his kids. And um, so Brian Michael Business is a very lovely Jewish dude, right? Mm-hmm. White dude. But not all of his kids look like Brian does. But like uh, Miles Morales was written in part because of his kids. Yeah. And he created Spider-Man. So he very much has this character of Miles Morales that happens. is It's not a clone of Peter Parker by any means. 
No, and actually, that's a perfect example. It is. Yeah, Morales, Morales, who, and he was very much, let's do this yeah. and have that right there. And the, and the conversation with all of that never came down to he's black and he has to overcome something else on top of trying to figure out everything with becoming. Spider-Man. It's just hard like, enough to be a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and that's yeah. so that is actually a perfect example of what I would love to to talk about and what I would like mm-hmm. to get more into is here is a character because he's a great character. He's black and I think Puerto Rican. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. I believe so, yes. And um so he's mixed race, he's a minority all the way around, but you never they never touch on him being black. Mm-hmm. It's right. him being a teenager. It's all the goofy shit, like, I am going through puberty. And, like, all the stupid shit that you're, mm-hmm. like, whether you're black or you're brown or you're white, you you identify with pieces of what's going on. But here's a character who's going through stuff that, ev- that, that, that any teenager's going through, and he goes through this whole arc, and it's a great story, and not one bit of it has anything to do with what color he is. Mm-hmm. I love that. I think that's wonderful. I think that he is that that character would. That's why so many people love that movie as well. Mm-hmm. The same thing with Black Panther. Is again, it's it's there's 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 a power that that has no like we have to overcome the color that we are to be this awesome thing. Mm-hmm. And maybe that if we start talking about it differently, where it isn't like black people have to overcome the struggle, and you just say no, there they can do all of these awesome things. Maybe you'd start changing how people start viewing black people. Not to sit here and say that you shouldn't know the history, but I mean, I just would hate to think that every time I see somebody that looks like me on screen and they have to overcome the, it's like being stuck in the fifties where I always have to fight against the, you know, some husband who won't let me do something. I mean, you start to get, it starts to get a little weary after a while. Yeah, it reminds me, I don't remember what movie it is, but there's a movie where like they have um, a bunch of, oh, it might be, it might be the movie Swingers, where they make a joke about like, one of their friends is an actor, he's black, he's done all these like Shakespearean roles on Broadway and done all his whole things, and all and the auditions he can get are for like Crack Dealer number two, you know, like that's it. Um, yes. And I think that's sort of the similar, similar idea. Uh, Adam, did you have something you wanted to, to say before we wrap this all up? I will ask a question that we're not going to answer, but I do want people who have read this book and read last week's book, Strange Fruit, mm-hmm. is, you know, because this was written by a white dude, a white Jewish dude, mm-hmm. this was illustrated by a, a person of color, a black guy. Uh, do we feel the same level of white savior syndrome we saw in the last book with this one? And we're not going to answer that. We're just going to put it out there as hypothetical. So the people who think who have read both books and listened to this can think about that and then come to their own conclusions because okay. I have thoughts about it, but we've gone on for a long time. So, yeah. uh, you know, we have a group chat. We can have fun with that. But I, yeah. I think that's a, that popped in my head in the middle of reading the book. And I think it's a important question that if we had another hour and a half, we could probably discuss, but we don't have sure. that. So. Well, it might come up next week, to be honest with you. Who knows? I haven't read next week's book yet. So. I have. It probably will. <laughs> Uh, cool. Oh, good. Let's let's uh, let's do some grades, uh, Mr. Todd. You know the the art was great. It was um, elect color, which it's helped. Black white book, yes, it was. Color. It was. <laughs> you know what I mean? If this was book was like colored out and everything, you'd be like, I'm really on. It, it made it more palatable and less uncomfortable for how brutal and gory it was. The art is amazing, and the story was riveting. I'm going to give this a 
A minus. Okay. Really enjoyed this. On the the execution of this was great. Okay. Yeah. Um, Lena. Um, I'll agree with Todd. A minus uh, execution on it was great. It's not my kind of story, but um, it also brought up other conversations. So I think it's it's worth reading. Yep, Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm going to go with an A. Like I, I, I think this book is absolutely amazing. I love the fact that it brought up uh, snippets of the past that we were not aware of, and it it told a good story. And it's it, it was absolutely fantastic. And the fact that it's been able to elicit this much conversation to where we spent what maybe 10 minutes of this episode actually talking about the comic and the rest was about the actual the themes and the ideas behind it and what's kind of going through today which branched off into other things other Mm -hmm. things that we're looking at uh it's very very thought-provoking and Mm -hmm. i I really do appreciate a book that will do that that also was enjoyable to read so i i I loved it it's an a okay um i'm probably gonna go with an a minus just because i found it I don't know. It, I couldn't finish it in one sitting. Like it didn't pull me all the way through. I had to put it down at one point in time, but that just might've been me being tired or whatever, but it just, it felt a little overly wordy in a couple sections for me. Uh, but other than that, I think it's really, really well done. Uh, so next week we are going to be doing the silence of our friends, which is uh, the same illustrator um, as March Nate Powell, I believe uh, the, I don't have the book in front of me, so I don't remember the name of the author. Um, uh, oh, I was like Todd's nodding. <laughs> yeah, Todd's nodding. But uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm Nate Powell. I remember. Uh, but yeah, the the writer. I apologize for. But I I do know that it's based on um, the writer's father's story of being a newsman in uh, during the um, civil rights movement in uh, Houston, Texas, I believe. Um, so you know a little bit more of the similar conversation we had this week, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, it'll be it'll be fun. Um, other than that, has anybody got anything else? Nope, we've rambled on for a long time. Okay, well, thank you for joining us, and we will see you all later. Bye. bye. I love that Tata's like lean forward to do the bye, like <laughs> leaning all back, and then all of a sudden, like, oh shit.